Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with The King Chronicles, The Red Pyramid, Chapter 25, We Win an All-Expenses-Paid Trip to Death, and Chapter 26, Aboard the Egyptian Queen, both of which are from Carter's POV. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got characters, magic, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, Happy New Year, and here's the synopsis. After learning the secrets of the Book of Set, the siblings hitch a ride on the family boat with their returning cat and head towards the land of the dead to begin their journey to gain the ingredients to defeat their enemy. <laughs> so... These are good filled chapters, but I will admit, kind of short at the same time. I've just been looking at the overviews that I've given for these two chapters, and they're not particularly long. So uh, hopefully that just means that this will be a good, concise episode with little to no tangents. But this is also me, so there will be tangents. So (laughs) let's just get right on into it with chapter five, not chapter five. With chapter 25, we win an all-expenses-paid trip to death. And here is the overview. Returning to Thoth at a new location, he provides them with the information they need. The Book of Seth, Set, I put Seth, the Book of Set, <laughs> only reveals the spell when in his presence. And he must have two ingredients with it. His secret name and the feather of truth. Unfortunately for the siblings, both things require new trips to find them, and so a new side quest arrives. First up, heading to the land of the dead with the approval of Nubis to get the feather. Thankfully, in some ways, Kafu is going with them. And that's pretty much the uh, the overview for chapter 25. You know, it's, it's a pretty to the point chapter I will admit we do learn some pretty interesting information here um, which is where I'm just going to get into it with the uh, feedback section so I've got to say so I do mention this firstly this that this is a new side quest that we're going on technically it is and isn't but either way this is a side quest I can get on board with though because (laughs) truthfully I do wish we'd just gone straight for this one like bypassing Soth entirely because this one is immediately more significant to the story than anything else. It's something they need to do, uh, to do and to get to defeat Set. It introduces the secret names elements here. Um, and it could have been a chance for them to learn about what that is and all these other things about secret names and such with Bast, who obviously will have a secret name herself. And honestly, I think would have been able to provide this information. 
Um, and yes, I am intending to die on the hill that Thoth's involvement is completely unnecessary in this book. But, you know, let's get on with it. Um, just because, like I said in last week's episode, the fact that it was all just a test to gain more information to send them somewhere else to do more tests, basically, to gain the information and the ingredients just adds unnecessary words to the book that doesn't really need to be this long. Um, and admittedly, also, like I mentioned last week as well, I really do feel like the publisher... So obviously at this point, Rick has had the Percy Jackson series. It's been wildly popular. He's being kept on by a publisher and with his agent and all these sort of things. So he's doing really well. But sometimes publishers do put in requests and requirements for books that are like being brought on. Like... Usually in this case, because he's had a successful series, I would guess that Rick has had basically a multiple book deal bought from him for the King Chronicles. So he's been given the opportunity to do a three book series here for the King Chronicles. So obviously it's three books for the, for the series. But I feel like they may have given him for the first book like a page count or a word count, like something that he needed to hit for for it to work. Just because like... I, I don't know, it just, it feels really weird that this book is so long, because, like, The King Chronicles is more attuned and in the vibe of Percy Jackson than it is with Heroes of Olympus. Like, Heroes of Olympus is insanely long, consistently, whereas The King Chronicles, the first book is the one that's long, The it gets shorter each time. Like, the second book is, like, 450 pages, the final book is 405. Like it's a hundred pages less than this first book like i just feel like the publisher just kind of gave like hey try and reach this that'd be great um show that you're like maturing with your story or something like that i don't even know or maybe they did it because they've also done that with heroes of olympus or something and then they realize their mistake and maybe adjust it for the future ones or something not all publishers do that admittedly um it could have been admittedly it could have been a publisher uh, requirement, or it could have just been that he's gotten that Rick has gotten such prestige because of how well Percy Jackson has done. Like only a couple of weeks ago, here in our time, like Percy Jackson has been on the New York Times bestseller list for the six hundredth week, at, like of all time. Like it's never basically left the New York Times bestseller list since it was published. Like the series has done so well, but. Uh, and because of that I feel like they didn't really kind of pull Rick in a bit more and be like hey maybe maybe you don't need this many words like I feel like they just kind of let him do what he wanted at that point for another example the fact that they decided yeah let's give someone who has no training or ability to write a screenplay write a screenplay for the Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts films because JK Turf she's a goodish story writer she's not a good screenwriter remotely <laughs> like I feel like that's just the situation here like I feel like they've just given Rick a little bit too much freedom and then just kind of not really had the editor do much but then they kind of figured mm, maybe it's a little bit long and then do it with the other case because I don't know it just the book just feels really long <laughs> Um, I know this is more for like the last chapters but even here even this chapter here other than learning about this stuff and like 
then being sent on this other quest to go to the land of the dead to get this feather of truth from Anubis. I don't know, it just... It does still feel a little bit unnecessary. But we do learn interesting information. I will give it that. It's like the secret name things is really, really interesting. And like the ingredients and stuff. But I just feel like we didn't need to meet Thoth. And we could just have had... Like we've got three gods at our disposal right here. <laughs> we've got Horus, Isis and Bass. Like sure, especially considering Horus and Isis both have fought set before and you think they would know about the ingredients necessary in the fact that they can't read the book of set until they're in set's presence it just feels like a, a convenient well an inconvenient aspect to have them go meet another god and rick does do this a lot it's like that whole thing of like like crusties and the lightning thief completely unnecessary of a scene it's just to introduce another greek monster like that was literally the only reason they existed <laughs> and i feel like that's the case here of like it's just to meet another greek god uh, not greek god it's just to meet another egyptian god like there's no other reason to meet thoth than to just to add more egyptian elements to it but like all this information we could have learned from the people who are actually there which is horus and isis I don't know. Just allow that this is the whole thing. Horus and Isis have not really been part of their story much at the moment. And they're the ones who our main characters are hosting. They need to be more significant. And they're not at the moment. So it would have been a perfect opportunity for them to have some use in the narrative. Because right now, there's no bonding between them. I know they're gods and they're kind of dicks. But, like, you need to build a connection between... Carter and Sadie and Horus and Isis because they're going to fight set together they need to like be supporting each other and be on each other's side and le be learning from each other to actually have a successful fight I feel like that's not happening here it's the same issue I've got with the fact that like Sadie and Carter's relationship is really not developing well some like yeah I don't know I just feel like the character relationships need to be improved a little bit more at the moment um especially considering they're going to be needing each other for that main fight with set but anyway i didn't really have much else for that chat because like i said not much really happened here that i won't be discussing later in the magic section but um yeah so let's just go into the next one which is chapter 26 aboard the egyptian queen um and this is the overview for chapter 26 Aboard their family boat, their siblings are re reunited with Bast and meet Bloodstained Blade. They begin their journey downriver and learn Bast's past as they go. Bast was forced into the abyss with Apophis to fight him for all time until they eventually destroyed each other. Then the Canes gave her an out and she took it because she was losing. Now she fears Apophis is growing stronger. Learning this, the siblings take it in before Carter takes a nap and goes on a bar journey. Wait, hold on. That was a really weird pass. <laughs> before Carter takes a nap and goes on a bar journey, Horace shows him that obeying the gods and kings is the only way to stave off chaos and shows him stories and events. Zia and the magician saving a plane full of innocence from Set 
Set destroying Osiris's coffin and scattering his body, and what the world will look like if Set wins. When Carter awakes, they are at the first entrance for the Lake of the Dead. Is it the Lake of the Dead? Wait, have I just... No, Land of the Dead. Jesus Christ, Land of the Dead. Where did Lake come from? They're not on a lake, they're on a river. (laughs) This is why I failed geography, people. Not that they teach you anything of significance in geography. Like, I don't know where places are. They don't teach you any of that in geography. They teach you about volcanic eruptions and tectonic plates, which, like, yeah, useful, but I'd rather know more about the actual globe and (laughs) where things are. I used to think East Anglia was in South America, but no, it's here in the UK, so that's a... Same with Cumbria as well. There are lots of places that I was just like, no, that sounds like it could, it's, it sounds similar to Colombia. So it makes sense that it's in South America. And they're like, no, 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 it's in the north of England. Is it in the north of England? Hold on. Wait, I'm showing how dumb I am now. Oh, God. Cumbria. Where is Cumbria? Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, it is. Okay, no, it is. It is. It is near Carlisle, which is in the north. Okay. Oh, that was going to be so embarrassing. Admittedly, the whole thing right now is currently embarrassing because I've shown my inability to understand locations. I am dyspraxic as well, so that is another justification. But anyway, let's get into the main crux of this. So, the main feedback that I have for these chapters is I don't like Horace. (laughs) I don't like him at all. Um... And firstly, that is because of the fact that, like I mentioned previously, we don't know anything about him. There is no growth from his character. There is no understanding of his character. He is currently offering no beneficial elements of their relationship between him and Carter. Um, And he just seems to be a bit of a dick. That's basically all I have about Horace. The only important aspect that has come from this section is this discussion about Bast and Apophis and how the boat that they're on is the boat that Bast was taken to to make a deal with their father to look after Sadie after she was freed not yeah with their father I thought I said Carter with their father Julius Kane uh, to make a deal um, after they lost Ruby um, that was the last time they were on that boat um, and the reason why they freed Bass, Bass doesn't know the full story, but she just knows that their mother, who divination and all that sort of stuff, saw that Bass was losing, and so they freed her to give her time to heal. Um, and because their mother was so powerful, she was able to seal up Apophis's prison. But because it's been so long now, both she and Julius were starting to worry that he was breaking free. Um, and if he does, apocalypse um and yeah so that's we, we get a bit more information about that and i really love the fact that we are learning and having this opened up to us and also just for us to learn a little bit more about bass in general i think it's just i just think it's really nice um and that's why i kind of want to talk about characters because i don't really have much else to say for this chapter other than the fact that um i find it funny that <laughs> that boat captain is called Bloodstained Blade he is literally a battle axe demon sort of thing um, and they have to give clear instructions because if they give them any kind of instruction uh, that they could take 
ambiguously <laughs> they could kill them um which is quite funny uh <laughs> um so i thought that was quite fun but um to go into characters for the main point of this episode now only really two characters i want to talk about which are bass and carter so i'm going to focus on bass because bass is an angel sent quite literally from above who did not deserve the treatment that she has received the fact that she sees herself as a coward because she couldn't cope fighting Apophis any longer and took an out for it and escaped as soon as she could and kind of like tried to justify it to herself like oh you know it's fine Uh, I needed to heal it's fine there's a good reason for this all these sort of things and she knows that she's lying to herself like it just hurt (laughs) and kind of feels like a lot of like it's a very human response at the same time of like you don't want to admit that in your eyes you see yourself as a failure because that's what she does she sees herself as someone who's failed um i think that's just kind of really sad if i'm honest like she doesn't deserve that (laughs) she the, the, the whole situation of the fact that Bast thought it was this huge great honour to be chosen by Ra to be his sort of eye basically and do this incredible task that he'd given her only to basically realise that she was deliberately being sent to her death because she was seen as expendable like she was sent to basically with the intention for her and Apophis to destroy each other so they would both disappear from existence. It's just it's just painful to read, and the fact that she she her loyalty still hasn't faded to Ra. Like she even stands up to defend like kings and the march because without leadership there is only chaos, basically. Which, considering our current state of political affairs, eh. um, I don't know. I just seeing the growth and acceptance that Bass has of literally believing that she failed because she didn't sacrifice her life like her King Ra wanted her to it's just so sad it's just giving me like this additional love for her character which does make me sad because Rick kind of does ruin her character later which does kind of piss me off a little bit but like there's so much depth to her character like it's just a really human thing of just like everyone no one wants to die like even gods even gods are afraid of death like it just it just felt like a real really real thing and i loved reading that and seeing it this different side to bast and like someone who wasn't like the strongest someone who did feel weak and did feel the need to self-preserve her no is that the word i don't think that's the word um no I can't think of the right word but basically someone who wanted to survive and that's just a very human thing and I, I just really like that for the other character I want to talk about that is Carter because um, this boy is standing up for injustices and that's what is making him a legend in my eyes like him basically turning on the idea of leadership because what leader forces others to sacrifice themselves for them and for others like literally just being like hey you know you're not really that significant so go die for my cause like just seeing all of this and just seeing how angry Carter gets at the idea of it 
It just makes me believe that firstly Carter is an ACAB anti-capitalist and we love that for him, but also he's not wrong. Like what sort of leader forces forces others in particular, other people, other beings to sacrifice their lives in a sense for them, for the king? <laughs> like that's not cool. That is not a good leader. <laughs> that's a that's a cult. <laughs> um, but I have a feeling in general, just, just to kind of c carry on with Carter, I have a feeling that he's not going to be fully dissuaded by Horace's, like, said as evil and must be destroyed story because, like we learned, Isis is the reason Set is like this. Add in that Carter clearly is fighting for his family and his family alone, even if Horace doesn't like that. And it's just like, hey, basically, you've got to grow up, like, not everything can be done for your family, you'll never save your father, blah, 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 Like, he isn't a pharaoh and he doesn't want to be. If this is the kind of leader, if this is the kind of leadership that a pharaoh or a king in general would bestow and do, he doesn't want any part of it. And I love that. I love, I just love that Carter is this really kind person who is very much like he stands up in a sense for the quote unquote little person because like no one deserves to be a sacrifice <laughs> no one deserves any of that and Carter's like no I'm having no part of this I don't agree with this I never will and we love that um and yeah that's basically all I have for characters so I'll go into the magic part um discussion because I've got quite a bit for that too because uh well I say quite a bit it's just one thing I want to focus on which is to do with the secret name elements because I recently just finished well I say recently it was a couple of weeks ago now I finished reading the Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea series um, because in Earthsea your true name is like a thing in the Earthsea series of like you have a name that you tell others and then you have your true name which is one that you only keep to yourself and maybe give to those that you deem important to you and those who wouldn't betray you because the name gives people power over you. Quite literally the same in this so the secret names if someone knows your secret name it gives you power it gives them power over you which is what happened with the isis and ra thing isis poisoned ra he got so sick and she basically said hey look i'll heal you if you tell me your secret name because that's the only way i can do it she gave like he gave her his secret name and then she healed him and then she banished him because now she has the power over him to do it um I just I really like this idea of these secret names like so admittedly so far we only know that they exist and not how one sort of finds them or how like per someone knows their own secret name like I'm intrigued as to this possibility about learning a secret name um and maybe even how maybe no one actually knows their own until push comes to shove um I do remember something later on about Carter's name being found out, but I'm intrigued because in Le Guin's case it was a little bit different because um, in the case of the Earthsea series, uh, a wizard or like a magical being is the one who gives you your true name and only that wizard and the person whose true name it is knows that name until th someone shares it basically. Like a wizard can never share someone's true name like ever is basically like a forbidden sort of thing um but in that case the character so uh, in 
the SD series, there is Sparrowhawk or Ged is his true name. Um, but Ged knows that his true name is Ged. He just goes by Sparrowhawk because everyone goes by their uh, found name, basically, not actually their true name. Um, although some people do because super powerful people who are kind of like, hey, I don't care. And everyone's like, wow, damn, I respect you. Um, and <laughs> I just love that. Um, but currently we don't seem to get the intention that everyone knows what their secret name is. Um, so I'm intrigued as to how that is going to work. Um, like I said, I love the magic system for the King Chronicles, so I'm intrigued about this. Also, just the moment I read the secret names thing, I was like, oh, Earthsea, Ashley Le Guin. And so I'm intrigued. I haven't seen, I haven't seen like an interview from Rake mentioning the Gwyn series, so I'm intrigued if she was like an inspiration to him fantasy-wise, because that'd be really cool if she was. Um, but yeah, I think that's basically all I have for this, actually. Um, other than, of course, the main thing that you're all waiting for, which is the question of the episode. Um, and the only question I have is, learning that Bass was, in a sense, being sacrificed by her king to die and kill Apophis was shocking. How did that make you feel about Bast? Um, of course, in my case, it made me love her more, but I'm intrigued about everyone else. So of course, that's going up on all of our social medias. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, and again, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Ronverse journey. A reminder, uh, you can pre-order Echoes of the Past, my prequel short story for the Into the Wild series. Uh, the link is in the episode show notes. That's coming out very soon on February 23rd, so keep an eye out for that. And the first novel is coming this year as well, which is also very exciting, so keep an eye out for the announcement for, for that. Um, but yeah, again, thank you all so much. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks want more royal verse content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see shall i speak to you all next time bye